Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'll be talking about relationships. Yep, it's a broad topic, but relationships, in my opinion, are really what makes the world go round. There are so many types, relationships within your family, with your colleagues, with strangers, with people that you know in your neighbourhood, and of course relationships that you have online, on social media and on other platforms. What makes good relationships, how do they go wrong, and how can we help keep relationships sweet and try to predict when they're beginning to go wrong. Wouldn't that be amazing? Now, I must stress that when I'm talking about the word relationship, I don't just mean in terms of having a partner. I mean all relationships. But we will touch on that sort of one-to-one intimate relationship as well, of course. So while we're on that, in terms of the types of relationships, so at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned examples of the kinds of relationships that you can have with different groups of people. But in terms of the actual types of relationships, they're pretty um, easy to, to classify, really. So you can have a romantic relationship with your partner, or you can have a codependent relationship, which is not as balanced, where one partner is very much dependent on the other. And then, of course, there are toxic relationships which are harmful to you. And some people don't actually spot this until it's too late. It's amazing how many times I've heard that story. So I guess the starting point for this is thinking about someone that you know and how you interact with them. So if you think of someone, anyone, it can be someone at work, it can be a friend, it can be your partner... If you think about the first time you met them and how your relationship with that person evolved, I find it quite an interesting process because we don't often do this. You don't actively sit and think, you know, the first time I met so-and-so was, I don't know, it might be 25, 30 years ago. Um, But generally, you can tell whether you 
and this other person have a good or bad relationship. So what are the elements of a good relationship? Well, there's lots of ways of looking at this, and I love the work of Esther Perel, who is a well-known psychotherapist. And what she talks about in the realm of relationships going wrong, if we start there and work backwards, are these three big areas where there can be a disconnect. So imagine you're arguing with this person that you've known for years or however long you've known them, the person I asked you to think about earlier on, and you're having a disagreement about something. It can be anything. So a very common one might be agreeing on the colour of paint in your hallway, which is something that um, we've had to contend with at home recently. Now that may seem like a fairly simple argument to have, but the three things that Esther Perel says is going on in that battle, if you like. Um, no, I think it should be white. No, I think it should be green or whatever. Whatever the, the argument is, let's say it's about the colour of paint. Are number one, power and control. Number two is about trust. And number three is about respect and valuing each other. Now, I think if you think about that, that's probably right. Imagine the last time you had a disagreement with someone, whoever it was, whether it was at work or at home or wherever. It is almost always down to one of those three areas, power and control or trust or respect or being valued. And, and one of the key things is to try and be aware that that's going on when you're in the midst of this disagreement. Now, if you don't have these disagreements or differences opinion or, or, or the differences in opinion appear to be fairly low level where you get over it, then you could by default argue that you have a good relationship. But that's not always the case either because one party might be completely domineering or, or dominating um, and the other may just be going along with the flow. That doesn't sound very fair either, does it? And, you know, I've listened to so many stories over the years, people telling me about every aspect of their life. And the ones that I listen to about relationships almost always do fit into one of those three categories. Power, trust, respect. Particularly when I think of people I know who were in a relationship as a couple and then have then decided to go their separate ways, it is it is almost always one of those three areas. I can't think of another category. So if we work backwards, my question was, how do you know when you're in a good relationship? Well, the first thing is that those three areas are a given. You trust each other, you have respect for each other, and there's no struggle over power or control. That would be a pretty good starting point. But there's a lot more to relationships in the sense that how we actually interact with each other is also key. And a lot of people always get surprised by this, uh, that one of the things, certainly when I trained to be a GP, that we did was for the best part of a year in your final year, your registrar year, the big trainee year as a GP, you learn lots of modes of communication because you've, you've got to really understand 
yourself and your patients in order to help them in the long term. And as I always say, in general practice, we have the same population for many years who come and see you about different things, whereas in hospital medicine, you tend to have the same conditions, but with different patients. And one of the gems, one of the books that we were recommended to read is called Games People Play. And it's by Eric Byrne, who was a psychiatrist who passed away in 1970. And it's just such a beautifully simple construct that he came up with, which is to do with egos in terms of how someone thinks of themselves in terms of their identity and the interactions in between them. Now, if you haven't come across this before, there were three different types of ego. There's parent, adult, and child. Now, they're fairly self-explanatory, but if we start with parent, that is really all about um, behaviours, thoughts, and feelings that you might copy from your own parents, you know. So you your behaviours may end up being a bit judgmental or critical or, or even giving advice or talking down um, being paternalistic if you like but also is able to take care of, of others then the adult ego state is very much based in the here and now and is objective is rational um, gathers information and, and very much treats people as equals um, and then, of course, there's the child ego state, which is feelings that are replayed really from childhood, can be quite submissive, can be compliant, but also impulsive and emotional and, you know, has a propensity to throwing tantrums and, and being playful, all of that sort of stuff. So there are there are pluses and minuses to each state. And what I should have said is that this... Um, analysis of interactions is called transactional analysis. It's very much coined by Eric Byrne. And what's uh, fascinating about his work is the analysis of the types of transactions. So in, in a broad sense, there are two types. There are transactions that are complementary. So for example, you can have adult to adult um, interactions and that is complementary because an adult statement or question would warrant an adult response and that matches up quite well so the, there's no stress there if you like so an example of this might be you seem a little tired today and the other person might say yeah you're right you know I didn't sleep so well last night or, or that could also be parent-child if the other person started by saying oh I'm really tired today uh, which is a child statement, childlike statement in some ways. And the parent response, which is complementary because it's the sort of right response to a child, could be, well, how can I help? You know, is there anything I can do for you? So in that particular instant, the the child ego has sort of come to the fore, if you like, in the person who's volunteering that they feel tired. They kind of want to be looked after. Not always, because I, I, I often say that at work, but, um, but you know, just go with it. And then there's what's called a crossed transaction, and that's where you might have the original statement I made, which was adult to adult, which is, oh, you look a bit tired, but the response, instead of being adult, is 
so an adult res- an adult statement should have an adult response but if you get a childlike response to that which is something like what do you mean I look tired that's really awful what an awful thing to say you look tired as well what are you doing looking at me anyway or something like that you know that's a childish response and what you need to really try to do and 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 I've been trying to do it more and more in the last few years is just look out for patterns when you're having conversations if you fall into this crossed transaction trap with people it's no one's fault it's just the way people interact i have a particular you know there's there's a couple of people that this happens you know regularly with um, in my life and it's not anyone's fault it's just the way that those people are used to communicating and the way i receive it and words are very important as well. I mean, if you've got someone, for example, who might have too much work on their plate, say a friend is ringing up complaining that their workload's too high, you know, if you say to them, well, you know, you just can't handle it, or, well, you know, clearly you just haven't got the time to do that much work, it's your own fault. That's not that helpful. But an alternative response might be, what can I do to help? And that last offering would be the one that goes down best. I don't know, you tell me. But again, if you look at that, the example that I've just given you there in terms of transaction analysis, the reason that what can I do to help works is that that's a parent response to a child cry for help. It's sometimes far easier to spot it in other people conversing with each other than it is yourself because obviously when it's you you're you're in your own body it's hard to kind of step out and, and look at the conversation more objectively there are some other more interesting types of transaction there's one called the ulterior transaction which as the name suggests is not quite what it seems when someone tells a white lie or uses a euphemism as a cover for what's really going on. For example, when someone asks you uh, whether you like their new car, if you don't like it, you might just say, yeah, it's okay, it's okay, which means you hate it. But that is another topic for another podcast about honesty and being direct with people. So I guess one of the things that has helped me is trying to kind of understand what state someone is in when you're talking to them, whether it's your partner, whether it's someone at work, whether it's a family member. And that really helps because you can suddenly see where interactions are going wrong and just check yourself and take that extra second to make sure that you don't say something that you're going to regret. One thing I would say is that if you find yourself defaulting into a particular mode of behavior or ego and this happens for example if you've got a toxic leader or boss at work um, you know somebody doesn't really listen to feedback someone who's arrogant and likes hierarchy and is self-interested and kind of you know rounds up their little posse then you've got to be really aware of that because it's going to have an impact on you. So if you're feeling uncomfortable around someone in terms of your own transactions, then you really need to think about why that is. It doesn't even have to be your boss. It can be in any relationship. But somewhere, for instance, where you find that the blame's always on you or 
you just keep repeating the same behaviours where you're apologising for things or you feel that you're not good enough, those kind of things should start to ring alarm bells. It's just something to be aware of. So I guess relationships are really about listening, understanding and eliminating um, those tensions around power, trust and respect. Now, you know, I like my quotes and I couldn't really find any decent ones on relationships. They were all a bit cliched or just rubbish. But I came across one which I really liked. And it's not strictly about relationships, but it's it's just a, it's a, it's a nice one. And actually, if you listen to the words and think of them literally as in doing it, then it really actually means something. And I've been in this position myself. Uh, before in real life and I would wholeheartedly agree and that quote is that no road is too long with good company. I absolutely love that Um, and as you know you can just walk miles and miles and miles talking to someone about something deep and meaningful. Okay so I'm going to post some bits in the show notes which are going to be of interest to you I'm sure. Um, I've been thinking hard about this podcast and how to take it forward and I would like eventually to put an episode out each week if I've got the time to do it. Now as you may know I'm writing a book at the moment and the deadline is really creeping up on me and I really really need to get motoring to to finish it. I'm going to do that in the next few weeks and then I'm going to be offline probably for about four weeks and then I'm going to come back with a new episode and hopefully I'll be able to put out content on a weekly basis. Um, What I would also encourage you to do is please listen to some of the old episodes of the podcast. The first few I think are particularly useful in terms of the feedback that I've had, the ones on behaviour change and lifestyle prescriptions particularly, which is interesting because that is the essence of my book in in one episode but um, more about all that later and definitely more about the book in the upcoming months um, as we get closer to 2023 blimey I can't even believe I'm saying that in any case until next time do take care stay well take note of your relationships with everyone you come into contact with over the next week and just think Are you being a parent, are you being an adult, or are you being a child? Bye for now. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 